Hello and welcome. This is Box of Books. This week I will read Chapter 11 of Anne of Green Gables by L.M. Montgomery. In last week's chapter, Anne apologized to Mrs. Rachel for being rude, and she is forgiven. Time to read. Chapter 11. Anne's Impressions of Sunday School. Well, how do you like them? said Marilla. Anne was standing in the gable room, looking solemnly at three new dresses spread out on the bed. One was of snuffy-colored gingham, which Marilla had been tempted to buy from a peddler the preceding summer because it looked so serviceable, and one was of a black-and-white checkered sateen, which she had picked up at the bargain counter in the winter, and one was a stiff print of an ugly blue shade, which she had purchased that week at a Carmody store. She had made them up herself, and they were all made alike. Plain skirts, fold tightly to plain waists, with sleeves as plain as waist and skirt and as t- and tight as sleeves could be. I'll imagine that I like them, said Anne soberly. Don't, um, I, don't, I don't want you to imagine it, said Marilla, offended. Oh, I can see you don't like the dresses. What is the matter with them? Aren't they neat and clean and new? Then why don't you like them? They're not pretty, said Anne reluctantly. Pretty, Marilla sniffed. I don't trouble my head about getting pretty dresses for you. Don't believe in pampering vanity, Anne. I'll tell you that right off. Those dresses are good, sensible, serviceable dresses without any frills or furbelows about them. And they're all, all you'll get this summer. The brown gingham and the blueprint will do for you school when you begin to go. The sateen is for church and Sunday school. I'll expect you to keep them neat and clean and not to tear them. I should think you'd be grateful to get most anything after those skimpy, wincy things you've been wearing. Oh, I am grateful, protested Anne, but I'd be ever so much gratefuler if, if you just made one of them with puffed sleeves. Puffed sleeves are so fashionable now. It would give me such a thrill, Marilla, just to wear a dress with puff sleeves. Well, you'll have to do without your thrill. I haven't any material to waste on puff sleeves. I think they are ridiculous-looking things anyway. I prefer the plain, sensible ones. But I'd rather look ridiculous when everybody else does than plain and sensible all by myself, persisted Anne mournfully. Trust you for that. Well, hang those dresses carefully up in your closet, then sit down and learn the Sunday school lesson. I've got a quarterly from Mr. Bell for you, and you'll go to Sunday school tomorrow, said Marilla, disappearing downstairs in in high dungeon. Anne clasped her hands and looked at the dresses. I did hope there would be a white one with puffed sleeves, she whispered disconsolately. I prayed for one. But I didn't much expect it on that on that account. I didn't suppose God would have time to bother with a, about a little orphan girl's dress. I knew I'd just have to depend on Mar- Marilla for it. Well, fortunately, I can imagine that one of them is Snow White muslin, with white frilly, lace frills and three puffed sleeves. The next morning. Warnings of a sick head sick headache prevented Marilla from going to Sunday school f- with Anne. We'll have to go down and call for Mrs. Lynde, Anne, she said. She'll see that you get into the right class. 
Now, mind you, behave yourself properly. Say t- stay p- to preaching afterwards and ask Miss Lynn to show, it, show you our pew. Here's a cent for a collection. Don't stare at people and don't fidget. I shall expect you to tell me the text when you come home. Anne started off irreproachable, arrayed in the stiff black and white sateen, which, while decent as regards length and certainly not open to the charge of skimpiness, contrived to emphasize every corner and angle of her thin figure. Her hat was a little, flat, glossy new sailor, the extreme plainness of which had likewise much disappointed Anne, who had permitted herself secret visions of ribbons and flowers. The latter, however, were supplied before Anne reached the main road, for being confronted halfway down the lane with golden frenzy of white wind-stirred buttercups and the glory of wild roses, and promptly and liberally, liberally garland her hat with a heavy wreath of them. Whatever other people might have thought have thought of the result, it satisfied Anne, Anne and she tripped gaily down the road, holding her ready head with its decoration of pink and yellow very proudly. When she had reached Mrs. Lynde's house, she found the lady gone. Nothing daunted, and nothing daunted, Anne proceeded onward to the church alone. In the porch, she found a a crowd of little girls, all more or less gaily attired in whites and blues and pinks, and all staring with curious eyes at this stranger in their midst with her extraordinary head adornment. Avonlea little girls had already heard queer stories about Anne. Mrs. Lynde said she was had an awful temper. Jerry Butte, the hired boy at Green Gables, said she talked all the time to herself or to the trees and flowers like a crazy girl. They looked at her and whispered to each other behind their quarterlies. Nobody made any friendly advances. Then, then or later on, when the opening exercises were over, and Anne found herself in Miss Rogerson's class. Miss Rogerson was a middle-aged lady who had taught a Sunday school class for 20 years. Her method of teaching was to ask the printed questions from the quarterly and look sternly over its edge, the particular little girl she thought ought to answer the question. She looked very often at Anne, and Anne, thanks to to Marilla's drilling, answered promptly, but it may be questioned if she understood much about either question or answer. She did not think she liked Mrs. Miss Rogerson. She felt very miserable. Every other little girl in the class had puffed sleeves. Anne felt that life was really not worth living without puffed sleeves. Well, how did you like Sunday school? Anne Marilla wanted to know when Anne came home. Her wreath having faded, Anne had discarded it in the lane, so Marilla was spared the knowledge of that for a time. I didn't like it a bit. It was horrid. Anne Shirley, said Marilla rebukingly. Anne sat down on a rocker with a long sigh, kissed one of Bonnie's, Bonnie's leaves, leaves, and waved her hand to a blossoming fuchsia. They might have been lonesome while I was away, she explained. And now, about the Sunday school. I've, I behaved well, as you, just as you told me. Mrs. Lynde was gone, but I went right on myself. I went into the church with a lot of other little girls and sat in the corner of the pew by the window while the opening and exercises went on. Mr. Bell made an awful long, awfully long prayer. I would have 
It would I would have been dreadfully tired before he got through if I hadn't been sitting by the window. I looked right out onto the lake of shining waters, so I gazed at that and imagined all sorts of splendid things. You shouldn't have done anything of the sort. You should have listened to Mr. Ben Bell. But he wasn't talking to me, protested Anne. He was talking to God, and he didn't seem very much interested in it either. I think he thought God was too far off to make it worthwhile. I said a little prayer myself, though. There was a long row of white birches hanging over the lake, and the sunshine fell down through them way, way down deep into the water. Oh, Marilla, it was like a beautiful dream. It gave me a thrill, and I just said, thank you for it, to God, two or three times. Not out loud, I hope, said Marilla anxiously. Oh, no, just under my breath. Well, Mr. Be Bell did get through at last, and they told me to get in to go into the classroom with Miss Rogerson's class. There were nine other girls in it, they all had puffed sleeves. I tried to imagine mine were puffed too, but I couldn't. Why couldn't I? It's as easy as could be to imagine they were puffed while I was when I was alone in the East Gable. But it was awfully hard there among others who had really truly puffs. You shouldn't have been thinking about your sleeves in Sunday school. You should have been attending to the lesson. I hope you knew it. Oh yes, and I answered a lot of questions. Miss Rogerson asked ever so many. I don't think it was fair for her to do all the asking. There were lots I wanted to ask her, but I didn't like to because I didn't think she was a kindred spirit. Then all the other little girls recited a paraphrase. She asked me if I knew any. I told her I didn't, but I could recite the dog at his master's grave if she liked. That's in the third royal reader. It isn't a really truly religious piece of poetry, but it's so sad and melancholy that it might as well be. She said it wouldn't do, and she told me to learn the 19th paraphrase for next Sunday. Read it over in church afterwards, and it's splendid. There are two lines in particular that just threw me. Quick as the slaughtered squadron, squadrons fell into Mid, Midian's evil day. I don't know what squadrons are means, no, nor Midian either, but it sounds so tragical can hardly wait until next Sunday to recite it. I'll practice it all week. After Sunday school, I asked Mrs. B Miss Rogerson, because Miss Lynde was too far away, to show me your pew. I just sat still as, as I could, and the text was Revelation, third chapter, second and third verses. It was a very long text. If I was a minister, I'd, I'd pick the short, snappy ones. The sermon was awfully long, too. I suppose the minister had to match it to the text. I didn't think it, he was a bit interesting. Trouble with him seemed to be that he doesn't have enough imagination. I didn't listen to him very much. I just let my thoughts run, and I and I thought of the most surprising things. Marilla felt helplessly that all this should be sternly reproved, but she was hampered by the undeniable fact that some of these things Annie had said, especially about the minister's sermons and Mr. Bell's prayers were that she herself had really thought down deep in her deep down in her heart for years, but she had never given expression to. It almost seemed to her that those secret, unuttered, critical thoughts had suddenly taken invisible and accusing shape and form to the person of this outspoken morsel of neglected humanity.
That is the end of Chapter 11 of Anne of Green Gables by L.M. Montgomery. Thank you for listening. Bye! Keep reading! I know the show's over, but I had a couple shout-outs and announcements to cover. First, shout-outs. I'd like to give a couple shout-outs today. First, to my sister Jane for being in last week's bonus episode. You can check out her podcast wherever you get her podcasts. Also, to Elijah in Logan, Utah. Thank you for listening. Okay, now for announcements. Um, I've decided to do a bonus episode every five episodes. So, on the week of the fifth episode, I did a bonus episode. The week of the tenth episode, I did a bonus episode. And then the next bonus episode will be the week of the fifteenth episode. Also, if you want to send me a message for a picture book, I should have one of my family members read for a bonus episode. You can message me at anchor.fm slash box of books podcast all one word all lowercase that's it bye keep reading